Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. In today's episode, we will begin a brand new series called Forward in Faith. This series will examine what God does for us to move us forward in our faith journey. Listen as we begin to understand what it looks like when God calls us. Well, with, with the changing of, of sort of the time, we're, we're sort of the unofficial end of summer. We're going to begin a brand new series today called Forward in Faith. And uh, very simply today, uh, this series is really for two kinds of people. And more than likely, you will probably fit into one of these kinds of people. First of all, this series is for the person who is always wrestled with belief in God, has always wrestled with what faith in God looks like, who, who, have, who may not even be there yet. Maybe you're here for, at church because you're just trying to understand, trying to get a better grasp of, of, of what, what, why people come on Sundays and why we do the things that we do. This series is for you in particular because I believe that, that God has shown himself in a certain pattern that he's already begun working in your life. And I hope that this series might encourage you and maybe put some words and realities to things that you have felt in your life, the things that you have seen in your life, the things that you are just unsure about. And this series will point to God. And maybe you'll say, oh, this is what God was doing the entire time. So again, this, person, this series is for the person who might be struggling with faith or, or is maybe looking to begin a faith journey. The second person that this is for is for somebody who has faith already. And believe it or not, just because you have faith in God doesn't mean that God is not done working in your life in certain kinds of ways. So in reality, this series is for who? Everybody. <laughs> But the reality is that's the, that's the lens that we're going to begin to look at the story of Exodus. And you might think to yourself, what does Exodus have to do with faith? And the amazing thing about it is that it, God has acted in a certain way and it speaks to our modern day context far more than you would expect. And so we're going to look at the story of Exodus. Now, if, you, if this is your first time in church and you're wondering, what is Exodus? I've heard of Exodus before. I hear about people groups moving from one place to another in the modern day, there's this exodus out of a country. That's exactly what exodus is, except we're looking at this biblical story of the Hebrews and their escape from Egypt. And so we're going to talk a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to set it up for you here in, in a little bit. But um, we're going to be looking at the story of exodus through four different lenses, okay? First of all, we're going to look at it through the calling of God, we're going to look through it at, oh, going back, go back there. <laughs> we're excited this morning to get to the scripture. All right, the calling of God, the grace of God, the provision of God, and the covenant of God. And you might be thinking to yourself, what do those words mean? I'll share it as we go along. But this is the, these are the four structures that God has worked in the Exodus and how God continues to work in each of our faith journeys Today And so today, we're going to begin with calling. And, and, and to sort of kick off this, this time of talking about the calling of God, I want to talk about something really simple. 
How many of you have received a phone call this past week? It, it, wait. So those of you who aren't raising your hands basically say, I only text. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> there are some people in the world that pick up their phone and they're like, why would they call me? Wait a minute, I have to swipe to answer? I don't know, I'm ignoring this, right? Anybody like that, <laughs> right? Uh, the reality of it is, though, phones are an essential part of our life, right? I mean, phones are an essential part of communication in our lives. And whether or not you're calling up somebody to just chat, right? You have a good friend and you're willing to talk with them for, you know, 15, 20, 30, 45, an hour, two hours about nothing, Right? Husbands are like, yeah, my wife has one of those friends. I lose her for the entire night after that point, after that friend calls, right? But a lot of times our phone calls can be those just really, just really enjoyable, catch-up kind of thing. Any of you ever FaceTime or Skype on your phones, right? It's good to see facial, facial structures. You can actually get sarcasm now because you have video instead of just like, wait, were they serious there? You know, that kind of a deal, right? Phone calls are a natural part of our lives and how we communicate with one another and how we uh, communicate in our relationships in all the different kinds of ways. And so phone calls can be just, hap just routine things, right? But you and I also know that phone calls or FaceTime calls or whatever calls we might have gotten before through our phones can also change our lives drastically. If you have ever received a phone call from somebody in your family finding out that one of, the, one of your loved ones, somebody in your family has passed away, it changes your life. It hurts. It comes with a huge slew of emotions and trying to understand what is going on. Sometimes phone calls aren't so heavy, but they're, they're exciting, but it still changes your life. You ever received that phone call that you got that job that you applied for, right? And all of a sudden, the whole concept of the anxiety of where was the money going to come from is now clear. You got that job, the thing that you've been hoping and, and praying for. There's less reason to worry, right? We've received phone calls about news from maybe our spouses that they lost their job. And it throws the entire family into a difficult time. Parents have received that phone call from school. There's two kinds of phone calls you get from school. A, your child's sick or got hurt, right? And you begin to worry. Or the other one, you begin to get angry. <laughs> Your son did this. What? That doesn't change your life as much as it changes your kid's life, the angry part, right? The reality of is phone calls can change our lives because they inform us of something, of a reality that's brand new. And it's either going to define a great time, a time to be overjoyed, or a time that's going to be difficult. In the same way, believe it or not, God's calling is like that. 
God's calling is this mix of, you know, great joy and, and this, this, great, uh, this great future. But at the same time, it's also can be really, really scary. It can be really difficult. It can be really asking of us. And so whenever we talk about God's call today, know that it's very similar to the calls that you and I get today. The question is, are we picking up the phone when he's calling us? Are we looking to heed his call? So very simply, I'm going to bring you up to speed a little bit about the book of Exodus. Now, if you have been alive since the 90s, you've probably seen the great movie, The Prince of Egypt. Anybody, anybody ever seen The Prince of Egypt? Yes? Yes. All the 90s kids are like, that defined, that's, that's a good family cartoon. I love that thing. I love that movie so much. In The Prince of Egypt, you probably don't need a lot of background, but in case you do, I'm here to share with you a little bit about how the Exodus came about, okay? It's really simple. The Hebrews were the people of God. And you say, how did they get that title? The Hebrews were descended from this guy named Abraham we find in Genesis. And God comes to Abraham, who's really old and has never had any kids, and he says, guess what? You are going to have a kid. And Abraham's like, I'm old. My wife's old, too. Of course, don't tell her I said that, because she's going to hit me if she told me that she's old. Or, yeah, right? And the question of it is, is how in the world are you going to give me a kid? Well, I'm, I'm, Abraham, just so you know, I'm not just going to give you a kid. Your family is going to become a nation, an entire race of people. And from Abraham came the Hebrews. And the Hebrews grew and grew and grew and grew. And they were in this area called Egypt, and the pharaohs came to power. And they ended up saying to these Hebrews, you know, I, I don't know you very well, so you know what? Here's what's going to happen. Get to work. And Egypt enslaved the entire Hebrew people. But Hebrews kept on multiplying. They were pretty happy, I guess, in the midst of all the slavery. And they kept on having kids. And Pharaoh was worried about this because guess what happens? If too many Hebrews live within Egypt, guess what the Hebrews might be able to do? He might, they might be able to overthrow. And so what the Pharaoh did was really simple. He did what any dictator does, and they still do to this day. He issues an order of genocide. And he says, you are to kill every Hebrew boy. In the midst of this context, a guy, a, a boy named Moses was born. And Moses was born to his Hebrew mom, and his mom is like, what am I going to do? They're going to come and kill my child. How am I going to be able to keep him so that he does not die? She thinks and she figures and she... she she figures that maybe the only way for Moses to survive is to put him into a basket and place him into the river, the Nile River, which is an incredibly dangerous river, by the way. I mean, 
y'all, you ever been to, you know, Florida and things like that where alligators hang out? Well, in Egypt, they've got crocodiles hanging out in the, in the Nile River, right? They've got, there's ships that do trade and all this. It's a very dangerous thing. She thinks that he has a greater chance of living by sending him out in a basket in the Nile than just keeping him hidden. So she does this and she hopes, she hopes and prays and, and hopes that God does something. And sure enough, Moses' basket goes down the Nile River. And Pharaoh's daughter happens to be out near the river. Apparently they had riverfront property. And she sees this basket and she realizes that there's a child in this basket. And she doesn't do what you thought she would do. She doesn't hand this baby over to Pharaoh. Instead, she takes pity on this child. And she says, you know what? I'm going to save you. I'm going to raise you. And sure enough, how ironic this was, a Hebrew began to grow up in the house of Pharaoh. The same guy who said all Hebrew boys should be killed. Well, as Moses grew up, he grew up pretty much in an Egyptian household. One day, he saw what the slave drivers were doing to a Hebrew slave. And he got upset about it. And Moses got so upset, and even though this was probably, you know, he had good intentions, he ended up killing a man. He murdered somebody. And in the case of this, Moses basically gets scared because guess what? He lives with the guy who was in charge of that slave driver. And guess what might happen? He might die. So out of fear that he might be found out, he fled. He ran away. He got out of Egypt. He got out of Dodge. Sometimes Dodge City is like Egypt, if you've ever been there before. Uh, it's very dry and plainsy and things. In any case, so he gets out of Dodge and quite simply... He runs away from the life that he had. And he never thought he would ever go back to Egypt ever again. Because guess what? There's great risk for him to go back to Egypt. He killed a man. And he will likely be captured and killed himself for the thing that he did. Well, as Moses runs away, he goes deep into the wilderness. He comes across some ladies some people harassing these ladies. And Moses, who has good intentions, sort of saves these ladies. He's like, get out of here. Sure enough, one of those three ladies becomes his wife. Falls in love. Begins a family out in the wilderness, away from Egypt, away from the past that he had. He began to do things in a more humble way. He became a shepherd. He watched sheep. He was no longer in the riches of Pharaoh's house, but was simply a part of this clan of this family watching sheep. And it was there where in his normal life, his life that he felt was finally settling down. He would never have to go back to Egypt. He could be at peace. He could enjoy the, the comforts of home with his wife and his kids and his sheep. As one day he got up to shepherd those sheep, his life would be changed forever. We read in Exodus chapter 3 today 
beginning with verse 1, these words about the calling of God on, jo- or on Moses' life. Moses was taking care of the flock for his father-in-law Jethro, Midian's priest. And he led his flock out to the edge of the desert. And he came to God's mountain called Horeb. By the way, he didn't know that was God's mountain yet. But the narrator wants you to know. We'll, we'll talk about... You'll understand how important this mountain is later on as we go through this series. The Lord's messenger, God's messenger, appeared to him in, the, in a flame of fire in the middle of a bush. And Moses saw that the bush was in flames, but it didn't burn up. Then Moses said to himself, let me check out this amazing sight and find out why the bush isn't burning up. And when the Lord saw that he was coming to look, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, I am here. And the Lord said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals because you are standing on holy ground. He continued, I am the God of your father, Abraham's God, Isaac's God, and Jacob's God. And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I've clearly seen my people oppressed in Egypt. And I've heard the cry of injustice because of their slave masters. And I know about their pain. And I have come down to rescue them from the Egyptians in order to take them out of that land and bring them to a good and broad land. A land that's full of milk and honey. A place where the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites all live. Now the Israelites' cries of injustice have reached me. And I've seen just how much the Egyptians have oppressed them. So get going. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I to go to Pharaoh and to bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will show you that I'm the one who sent you. After you bring the people out of Egypt, you will come back here and worship God on this mountain. Moses just minding his own business. Doing his own thing. He sees a burning bush that's not burning up. Now, how many of you have been near a fire before? I hope all of us. Okay? What happens to things whenever a fire is on them? It's consumed. You have to put more wood on the fire, right? There's a reason. It's like, the wood disappears. Where does it go? It's burned up. But this bush is not going anywhere in the midst of this fire. And he does exactly what humans do. He gets curious. That's weird. I'm going to go over here. And sure enough, in the midst of this, God calls him by his name. He says, Moses, Moses. God knows who Moses is before Moses knows who the voice is. And then all of a sudden, he finally, God says to him, this is who I am. And it's not just a calling that involves, hey, I exist. Hey, look at my fire. Look at this burning bush. It's so cool. 
God calls Moses for a distinct reason. He knows of everything that is going on in Egypt. He knows about the wrong that is happening. And he needs somebody. He needs somebody to come and join alongside of him of of bringing in new realities into the world. So God invites Moses to something that is specific, something that has a great amount of vision to it. God calls him to a well-defined reality where the people of God are no longer enslaved, but rather the people of God live in their own land. They are liberated and they are brought into their own land, a land flowing with milk and honey. You might be saying, why milk and honey? Simply, those were things that were signified blessing. Believe it or not, not everybody has access to milk and honey all the time in their world. But to have a land overfilling with it, God is asking Moses to bring the people to a land filled with his blessing. This isn't just a call to chat. This is a call that changes Moses' life forever. And in this one moment, you'll see this on the screen, God lays out his vision, the liberating, the provision, the covenant, and the destination is all provided in this one moment. The calling is all-encompassing of what is to be. When God calls people, it's not just, just simply to say, Hey, I'm here. God calls people to a new life, to a new reality, to a new identity, to a, to a, a future that, is, that almost seems impossible. And God simply tells Moses of everything that he intends to do. Now Moses, if you read further through, has every reason to say no to God. We talked about this, right? Moses is a murderer. He probably shouldn't go back to Egypt. He's got a nice life now. He's got plenty of reasons. Oh, and also, one other thing. Moses isn't good at speaking. I was like, why would you ask me to do this? I get, you know. uh, As Walter Brueggemann puts it, In one utterance, the grand intention of God has become a specific human responsibility, a human obligation, and a human vocation. It is Moses who will do what Yahweh said, and Moses who will run the risks that Yahweh seemed ready to take. In other words, it's almost like, I feel like, God, you're putting all the responsibility on me. Why are you bringing me into this? Why? And it's simple. God, when He calls people, He calls people simply not just to receive a new identity or go towards a new reality. He calls people for the sake of other people. In other words, Moses is 
a middleman that will help other people see God working. God could do whatever He wants. God could force every single one of us to believe in Him, to follow Him, to do all those things, but He never has done that. He wants us to come to Him because He believes in this thing called love. If you force people to love you, it's not love. Instead, Moses is to be the one to to sort of share what God is doing and to be able to put words to everything that's about to happen in Egypt. Why? Because he loves them. And he wants to give them the choice and the ability to go forward with God in this moment. You might be thinking to yourself, what in the world does this have to do with me? Especially if you don't believe in God. Especially if you've been wondering, what in the world is God doing? Because guess what? When I look around the world, I get depressed. It's, it's just unbelievable what's going on in the world today. Is God even existing? I don't even understand how so much evil could exist. All these different kinds of things. And the reality that I want you to hear, if you have always struggled to see God in the world, is this. God is calling every person to him. So that doesn't answer my questions. I know. We'll get there. God is calling every single person to live a way that is far different than the rest of this world. And it's a way that is defined by forgiveness and peace and love. And you say, how did you get that from Moses? I didn't. I get it from this man who lived about 2,000 years ago, who we believe to be the Son of God. The Son of God, the same God that, that, that called Moses, was the father of this man, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus of Nazareth went around. He had three years of public ministry. And in three years, he turned the world upside down by teaching in a way nobody had ever heard before. And then what was even crazier is that he didn't just teach. He lived out the realities that he taught. He gave of himself. He served others. He loved people who who were deemed unlovable in his time and era. He reached out to people who were on the margins, who were oppressed, who were hurting, and he provided healing and a new way forward. Jesus was just like his dad in Exodus. He's here to reach out to people and help those who are in need. But Jesus said that very simply, all of us are in need. All of us need to be freed from the things that we have done. We need to be freed from the cares of this world. We need to be freed from all of the reasons that you and I use to do wrong to other people. We need to be freed from that. And so Jesus said, guess what? I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to give you a new way forward. What's that new way? Well, it actually sounded sort of old. Love God and love your neighbor. 
And then Jesus, in loving us completely, gave his life to die on the cross. And everybody thought it was over. It was done with. And then three days later, he rose from the dead. There was an empty tomb, and his followers began to see him. And all of a sudden, here we are 2,000 years later, still believing that what Jesus did has a calling to it. What Jesus did has opened up the entire world to receive the calling from God. Jesus was the ultimate calling of God, saying, hey, guess what? Y'all don't realize this, but you are all welcome to join me. You are all welcome to be a part of my kingdom. You are welcome to be forgiven and to live in love. And so if you've never, or if you've never believed in God or you struggled with that, I want you to know something. God has called you. God has called us all to follow him. And you might be thinking to yourself, yeah, but where's my burning bush moment? Because that seems really, really, really cool, right? Why isn't God as loud as he was for Moses? Because Jesus has shown us the way. But also, God tends to nudge us towards him in the day and age that we live in. So if you have never believed in God, I want to ask you a few questions. And if you've experienced this before, I want you to really, really consider what I'm sharing with you, okay? Has anybody here ever been out in nature? Gone out to the woods? You see this amazing sunrise or sunset? And you look out there and you think to yourself, this is unbelievable. This is beautiful. Could this really have been done by chance? Or is this really the handiwork of something that is greater than ourselves? Have you experienced that in your life before? That is God calling you. Maybe you haven't done that. Maybe you are not an outdoorsy person like my wife. You're supposed to laugh. I wish I would have had a video camera yesterday. We went disc golfing. She went through a, a, a spider web, and she had this amazing dance that I can only describe as fear, yeah. Maybe you're not an outdoors person, but maybe you have been a part of a, of a situation where something happened that defied the rules of logic or defied the laws of science. Maybe you know of a person who had the worst cancer, the uncurable cancer, and some way they were cured. Maybe you were in a car accident and you walked away without a scratch on you. Maybe you have seen something that you just can't explain. I'm here to tell you, that's God calling out to you. Well, I haven't had that happen to me. Okay, fine. Try this then. Has anybody ever treated you far nicer than you deserved? I like, I'm so glad that you're being honest right now. <laughs> Have you ever been a jerk to somebody and yet that person was kind and 
forgave you and moved on. And you think to yourself, why in the world would you do that? Friends, that's God calling out to you. Because guess what? That's how this whole sin forgiveness thing works. Lastly, has your conscience ever guided you to do the right thing when you didn't have to? And you think it's like, well, that's my conscience. Believe it or not, we believe in the church that it, that is God reaching out through you to do the right thing. That person, 10 people in front of you on the street lost that $20. You're like, oh, I should probably get it back to them. You ever done that before? That's God working in you. That's God calling you into his life. And I think, well, I want to take credit for that. I get it. I get you want to take credit for the good deed that you did. But the reality of it is, is that the fact that you even had the ability to make that right moral choice is because God is calling out to you. Friends, if you don't believe in God, God is trying to get your attention every single day, in every single moment of your life. And the question is, do you just see them as happenstance or do you see them as God moving in your life to be called into a life of faith that is greater than your life is now? Because He is. It's undoubtable. And it's unbelievable at the same time. Are you heeding God's call upon your life? The other person, the other person who's had faith. Well, I got faith. I got called and I answered. Cool. Now let me just enjoy my Sundays. I've actually never sat in the pews. Are they comfortable? Yeah, okay. Give me my pew. I'm here. I've got faith. Well, here's, here's the thing, friends. For people to live in faith is to mean to believe and heed the call of God every single day on your life. It's not just this one-time thing, because guess what? At any point that you decide not to have faith, you begin to do some of the things that everybody else does. You begin to do things that are very selfish, that aren't very loving, that are things that just don't fit in with what God has called you to be. And so the reality is, is that the calling upon our lives goes beyond a one-time thing. Because here's the reality. The calling of Moses extended beyond his reality. We like to think, oh, look, he called Moses. It's so cool. But guess what Moses is about to do? He's about to go to an entire group of people and say, guess what? God exists, and he's going to bring you out of Egypt. And they're going to look at you, and, and they look back, and I'm like, you're crazy. And it's like, I know, but it's going to happen. The reality is, if you have faith in God and you have answered the call, then you are answering the call every single day to show others the presence of God in the world. You have the distinct ability to be that person who forgives whenever forgiveness wasn't deserved. You have the distinct ability to be, to be, to be God's calling on somebody else's life. 
we, show this up here on the, on the screen, we are a part of God's work in the world today. Just like Moses was a part of God's work in Exodus. And if you want to think, if you want to believe that faith is just simply a one-time thing and you don't get to be a part of God's work in the world, that's not faith. Because guess what? God calls us to new realities. Just like he said, I'm going to move you from here to here and you're going to worship me here. And also, I'm going to do all this crazy stuff in between. Means that Moses accepted it all. And so you, if you have faith in God, have to accept the fact that God is going to move you into places and times and be His presence for other people. And when something good happens, you, a person of faith, get to say, hey, guess what? That was God. That was God. You know, there's, there's a pretty, pretty good critique about the current church right now in America. It's that we're pretty judgmental. God didn't call us to be judges. In fact, God says, do not judge. And the reality of it is that you and I don't have the responsibility of judgment. If you are a person of faith, you do not have the responsibility of judgment. So don't take it upon yourself and begin judging people, okay? But you and I do have the responsibility of being a part of the redemption of this world but I want to judge. No, just take the responsibility God gives you. Probably have mucked it up a number of times anyways. And if you think, I have all these things in my life that I, that would keep me from living out God's calling on my life, I would say this. Moses was a murderer. Moses couldn't speak well. Moses had really rational reasons to say no to God. And yet he still said, I will go. I will do this. There is nothing that you have done. There is nothing in your past. There is nothing that you are not good at that will keep you from acting out God's calling in the world. He'll provide. For Moses, you know what he provided? He provided him a staff. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But just so you know, Moses gets a staff, and then he gets to go like, and like something happens. It's so cool. And you're like, do I get a staff? No, sorry. <laughs> I want to be like Gandalf. Too bad. Gandalf is the wizard in the Lord of the... Never mind. Uh, but God will provide you with strength and the ability to do the things that he has called you to do, like loving others like yourself. One part of my job that I do is I call people. I probably don't call people enough um, because I, like many of us, you know, don't necessarily want to get on the phone because usually whenever you get on the phone, I could be doing another thing for 15 minutes. I like to work. I like to sit down and read and, and, and coordinate things, and the calling sort of bugs me sometimes. I'll, I'll admit it. But the reality of it is, is that there are moments that I'll call people randomly, and, and for somebody who doesn't believe in God, you would say, oh, they just came across your mind. That's really thoughtful of you. And the reality of it is, I don't want to be thoughtful. <laughs> I don't want to make that call. 
But for some odd reason, I call people just to see how they're doing. And it's really weird. We'll be talking and seeing where, how you've been and you know, what's going on in life and are you feeling okay and you know, do you need anything and things like that. But sometimes the people who I call will stop me and just say something like this. I can't tell you how big it, how big it was for you to call me today. I needed it. I needed, I just needed to talk to somebody. I needed to, to be lifted by somebody. I needed this. And every single time I hear that, I think to myself, yeah, that's, that's God working through me in that moment. Sure, it could be considered as happenstance or maybe my brain is all of a sudden remembering everything that I need to do. But then at the same time, my will isn't always there in the right place. And yet God says, hey, give him a call. Give him a call. And I get to be the vessel through who God speaks. So, if you believe in God today, are you being the vessel through who God speaks? And if you don't believe in God, and you're working through this, Know this, God is calling you still today. He's been calling you your entire life. And he's calling you to a brand new reality that we'll begin to look at next week. And it's manifested in this story through something that is incredible. So you will not want to miss this as we continue on. But my question for you as we close, are you picking up the phone when God calls? Thank you for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. For more information about our ministries, visit us at championnaz.org.